Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Knicks, the podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. I'm Jason Talbot, and with me, of course, my dear, dear friend, Marcus Chinkley. How are you, Marcus? Uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm okay. Came off a great day yesterday, but today I'm not feeling great, so... I think I, I think I ate some some bad chickpeas or something <laughs> yesterday, but I'm I'm powering through. So I'm I'm going off the high I had yesterday. Okay. I'm try to try to reel it in for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to be sniffling through this whole podcast. Also, I got I got my tissues right here. I I should have made a cup of tea. That that probably would have been nice. That's what I got. Uh, I got some chamomile going right oh, now. Oh man, I'm, I'm missing out. I, uh, I think this glass of water should do. But uh, yeah, it's that time of year, you know, just. Trying to fight off the sicknesses. Uh, I got. Yeah. I got I'm a trip coming va- up to, yeah, uh, to New York. On vacation. Uh, where are you going? I'm going to Jamaica. Oh hell yeah! Going, going to hit the beach. We got a private beach. We got uh, a little pool action. We got tennis courts. We got a whole thing going. The whole fam is coming out. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time. I love it. I love it. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna see you next weekend. Uh, yeah. In New York, yeah. we'll be yeah. at the New York versus Charlotte game Sunday night at the Garden. It's been a while. I'm 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 pretty stoked. Yeah, uh, bring a bring bring your best gear. I I might have something up my sleeve. So really, I, I think yeah. I'm just gonna rock the uh, Porzingis tee. I noticed uh, you're wearing life. a questionable jersey right now for yeah. the podcast. <laughs> our, our very first podcast, I did not wear any Knicks gear, and I was pretty embarrassed about it. So now I, I try to step it up and get in the Knicks mood. So I got I got my. My New York Knicks hat and my, I, I'm a little embarrassed by it, but I did pull out the New York Knicks Ronaldo Balkman jersey. Uh, and in my defense, I went to University of South Carolina, and so he was drafted by the Knicks, and I just, I had to get it. it when is that ever going to happen? Yes, it, I mean, it's a big fat joke, but hey. Somebody's got to buy it. <laughs> Someone's got to buy it. The, the one jersey sale, uh, it was for me. I actually had to get it custom made because they were not selling these. <laughs> Uh, wow! Did you really get that custom made? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not one of the real <laughs> the real authentic jerseys. So, oh, but boy. you know, did not know that. <laughs> All right, so it's been a little bit of an up and down week. Uh, before our last the last cast, we kind of proclaimed that the Knicks were gonna lose some games. So while we were gone, they went on a little bit of a win streak, three straight wins where they took on the Boston Celtics and won, then the Pelicans, and then the Memphis Grizzlies. Three very impressive wins, I have to say. They played great basketball, some good teams. Then some back-to-back games, they ran into the Detroit Pistons, where I actually thought they played pretty well. Uh, They stayed in it most of the game, but it just, it wasn't there. It wasn't their night, not enough shots falling. And then they got absolutely obliterated by the... 76ers so three and two i think they did better than we thought uh it's okay all right you're gonna have some up and downs i got some big wins a lot of things that we saw that we like but the big developing story that we have to talk about and i think we both want to kick off the podcast talking about this let's talk frank nilakina there are reports that he might be getting traded and that teams are drawing interest. What do you think about all this? It, I, I got a, I got a lot of feelings, a lot of things swirling around. I mean, you've I'm, never been a Frank fan, so I'm really curious what you think, what you want the Knicks to do, what do you think is going to happen? I, I just really, I'm curious to hear your take on this. Well, like you said, I've never been super sold on Frank. You know, he didn't show us much last year. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's a great defender and this and that. But offensively, he's almost a liability out there. Like, he doesn't do much. And I was like, just hoping for some steps, you know, flashes of some improvement. And we just haven't seen it. Like, yeah, he put on some weight. Everyone's like, okay, he's going to get stronger. But that doesn't make his jumper any better. And if you watch the last 
three games, even when they were winning those three games and then the last two, he doesn't, he's chucking up so many shots and they just look bad. Like they are off target or they're clanging off the rim. Like they're not even close to going in. And Clyde is just having a little chuckle fest when he puts up a shot. And it's just like, what else can he bring? Because defensively, he's okay. You know, he's an above average defender, but he's not an elite defender. And it's not, you can't keep hanging your hat on that when not much is changing about your game. And I get it, he's young, but I'm just I'm just not seeing what I thought I would see out of him in his second year. Like that second year, you want to see some growth and some uh, signs that things are changing and not, not seeing it. Gotta say, not seeing it. So I hear what you're saying, but let's, let's be, let's look at this big picture from the beginning of the season two. We did see flashes at the beginning of the season that we were happy with the way Frank was playing. He was being way more aggressive. He was shooting the ball. Some shots were dropping. This is a problem that kind of started the last few games. And then the last two games specifically, it was just like he put up a zero stat line against the Pistons. And then following the Sixers, he only put up two steals. And again, zeros across the board. So that's really hard to do. Um, It's bad. It's been, it's a slump to say, to say the least. He's the second. Is it it really a slump if it was never, it was never up? But but we liked him last year. Everyone liked, and he was 19 years old last year. He's 20 years old now. He's the second youngest guy on the team behind Knox. We're not, we've talked, we've talked a little bit about this uh, before the podcast where we feel like right now the Knicks are in a tryout. The whole team, all these young guys, former lottery picks, they're all trying to earn a spot. And Fizdale is the coach ultimately making this decision. And what I've loved about Fizdale is he give, he's giving everybody a chance to earn their spots. And a little bit later, I want to talk about a guy, Emmanuel Moutier, who just good for you, man. I, I, want, I want to give some claps. You have really earned your spot. And I don't know how it's all going to pan out. He's going on a good stretch, but you can just see the confidence. He's handling the ball better. He's even shooting the ball, like, not so bad. And I really like what I'm seeing on that front. So now it comes back to Frank. Right now his tryout's going very poorly. It's it's bad. It, he doesn't – he looks indecisive out there. His shot always is kind of ugly. He's not looking good. Defensively, he's still got defense there. And uh, the real question is going to be the Knicks moving forward – they're going to have to start cutting people. They have all these young guys, and the question is, who is going to come out at the end of this tryout? And so if you had to choose, and that's the question I want to ask you, because now teams are interested. So they're contacting the next organization, because, hey, buy buy low, sell high. So of course teams, there's interest. People know that this kid could have some talent, he's young, and that's why you want to get him for cheap. And that's why they're coming out and contacting him. Now this guy's slumping out. Maybe the next will get rid of him. Because there could be something there. Um, and if you were to train him now, what are you going to get? Picks? That's it. I, I think all we can hope for is is picks. Because, yeah, he's a second-year player. He hasn't shown much. He doesn't have much value. So it's... What? Uh, if Fe- so Phoenix is interested. Is listed one of the teams that's interested. Yeah. Their draft pick, sure. I'd love to have it because, you know, they're going to stink again. But they, they're probably going to offer a second-round pick for him. You know, it's... And I don't know that there's anybody really on their team that's a straight one-to-one trade for us to have. And I... Yeah, I don't, really, I don't know what you could really get for him. Yeah, I mean, from what I've read with the Phoenix Suns and the talks is that they would give up one of their picks that they acquired from Milwaukee. So it could potentially be a first-rounder, but it would be a later first-rounder that the Knicks could get, and maybe some second-round picks, too, within the deal. My thing is, if you're the Knicks, like, and then the hope is is that the Knicks then down the road can package some of these picks and later go after, in a trade, a, a good free agent or not free agent just another good player like package up these picks and start building this team because that's eventually the Knicks are going to have to pivot at some point when KP comes back with all these young guys they're gonna have to get rid of some guys and 
probably move them, but start assembling what the future of this New York Knicks team will be. My thing right now is that you are in no rush to do anything. And I don't want to rush on a 20-year-old guy who has shown some promise, who is slumping very, very badly, I will admit. I don't... You want to sell high. Buy low, sell high. So if we're going to move Frank and if the, the Knicks organization decides to do that, wait till he goes on a good stretch of having some good games so you can get more for him. I don't yeah, think... I don't know that they're rushing to... Hearing, and this is all, you know, when rumors start coming up about people are interested. Yeah, and then those rumors start swirling, and then... It's all, you know... You know, next thing you know, we're stuck with Eddie Curry or Antonio McDice. I just, I don't know. <laughs> we The Knicks haven't been known for their trades in the past, so it does make me a little nervous. I just, I preach patience a lot, and this one's tough for me because it's been bad. It, it just, it he doesn't look like... He knows what he's doing out there. It's been bad. It's been tough to watch. I kind of feel bad for the guy. And he's not, yeah, he's not getting the minutes down the stretch. He'll get those, like, offense for defense switches at the end of games. But he's on the bench. He's uh, not someone they want out there facilitating down the stretch. Like, other guys have leapfrogged him in who they can count on at the end of games. And here's the thing, too. I think the Knicks should not do anything with these guys until KP comes back. And especially if he comes back this year, because I want to see how these guys play off KP. He is that type of player who will make players better around them and will make their games better and take the pressure off. Right now you see with the Knicks team, everyone is trying to be the hero. We've been saying like, Timmy is not the guy. We got to let someone else get the ball. And that's where we've like Moutier and Trey Burke who have really stepped up, especially on those win streaks. You notice when we beat those three teams, that it wasn't Timmy who had the ball in his hands at the end of the game. He did yeah, sometimes, and he turned the ball games. over. Trey Burke was like, I got it, game winner for three. Moutier, I got it, I'm going to throw it down or make that reverse layup. That was, it was pretty incredible. I, I, I can't believe I'm praising Moutier. Like, it was, <laughs> I, he was almost my can't stand you back on the first episode. And it's, I just, if someone were to offer something, pretty substantial for frank at this point i'm listening i'm gonna say that i'm if i'm yeah, the gm owner, always listen I, yeah and even when the kp stuff was happening with phil jackson he got a lot of heat oh my god you're gonna trade kp i don't care who the player is you always gotta listen i did look in a little bit more about what the knicks were potentially going to do i heard it was going to be a devin booker and their next pick which would have been joshua jackson for kp I don't like that. That upset me a little bit that the Knicks were probably ready to pull the trigger on that. So that's the next thing I want to bring up. You know, we talked about Frank and we're both, we're keeping our ears though. I think we could both say when it comes to the Frank situation, we're, we won't, we'll listen. If there's something worth trading, maybe we could, but until there's that, there really, maybe he uses some, as some fuel to get his game back and, you know, start to show us, more signs. And the thing is, he's such a, and I, I don't like using this term for athletes, but he plays soft. You know, he's not an aggressive guy. Yeah. Just in, in nature, like his demeanor is very, it's not, it's not an aggressive guy. It's not aggressive demeanor. Yeah. And people know that and they want to see that fire and desire out there, which kind of takes me to our next guy, Kevin Knox. And you're seeing the same. That's what bothers me so much about him is that was the thing coming out of college. That was a big, a big issue for a lot of scouts was that he doesn't always look like he's interested when he's out there, and he doesn't look like he's trying all that hard. And it's like you know you want to have someone who's got the fire in the belly, and you can't really teach that. You got to just have it. And I don't know that he. I don't know that he has it. It's weird that you could be in the NBA getting paid to play a game that you love and you could just not look like you're all that interested to be there and it's it's frustrating to see because you want someone who's got that who's got that hunger who's got that fire and this kid he i don't know he just doesn't look when he's out there he looks confused and lost and i get it he's only 19 years old he's the youngest player in the nba but you know you you gotta Show us something, you know, like give me a fist pump or something, you know, like (laughs) 
Well, here's the thing. I I don't look too much into that stuff. I think that's the way he was brought up. They talked a little about about his father and how he always told him to handle himself professionally. Um, and and I think it's more of his upbringing and how he expresses himself. Same thing with Frank. I, I don't look too much into that because a guy like I'm sure you're familiar with uh, a player on the Houston Texans. His name is Jadavian Clowney. Played for South Carolina. Probably the best player in my life that I've ever seen play at South Carolina defensive end. This guy, that hit in that Michigan game, you can go watch it on YouTube, um, where he ripped that guy's helmet off. This guy was an animal. And he was a guy, same face, straight face, hands on his hips, looked like he was disinterested every 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 time. Then the play starts, and it, and it almost looked like he was taking off plays at time, but then other plays he would light people up, and that was his knock every single time. But such a hell of a player. And when he's on the field, he's making those plays... And I think it's just the way you got certain guys carry themselves. I, I personally can't look too much into that. You could call a guy like Tim Duncan. Was he a super passionate guy throwing his fist? The big fundamental was out there straight face with that with that haircut, just doing what <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, but you occasionally see him give you give you something. You like just like yell, you know, like do give me do something. But it's also not just the demeanor, but the way he's playing, the moves he makes out there are just kind of. Like I, and I get it. He hasn't learned the game yet, learned the NBA game yet. But these drives he makes to the basket, where he's like, he ends up five to seven feet away, and he's flinging it up there to try to get it in. It's like, what are you <laughs> I know, doing? Yeah. Like, why are you? Make, and he does it all the time, or he just catches I, and shoots. And I think that's a product. Numbers aren't that good. So. Yeah, I think that's more of a product too of Fizdale telling him to be aggressive, and right now his way of being aggressive is. It worked in in preseason when he was just putting his head down, going to the hoop, and most of the time he was he would get there. Now in the NBA, these bigger bodies, he's doing that, putting his head down, and then he looks up and he's seven feet away, and the only thing he can do is chuck it up and try to make a layup. But it's like, dude, you can't make a layup when you're seven feet away from the hoop. Yeah, he's like trying um, trying to make a layup. It's not even a layup. He's just throwing it at the basket, and maybe he'll get fouled, but that's not yeah. what's happening most of the time. So. That's Knox, yeah, that's been my big my big yeah. issue with him. Man. Kevin Kevin Knox came out and made a point that Giannis in his first year was not very good and was not doing much uh, in the league and people were really hard on him and I think because Knox is in New York he's getting a lot of heat and he's with him and with Frank I think we just gotta let give what I've seen Fisdale do with Moutier and the way he's coaching these guys I want to give. I trust Fizda. If if at any point Frank is gone, if maybe they make a move and they, I mean, if they're ready to say Knox, they're going to trade him. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it ever that happens, I kind of Fizdale is earning my trust and and the front office, um, assuming that Dolan is not involved, they're kind of earning my trust on how they're scouting players, and how they're treating players. So let's see. I want to see what happens, and I don't think anyone's going to get moved. My gut is telling me. Everything is going to stay still. I think Knox is going to struggle all year. Um, and I really... And I'm willing to give him that time. Like, he's a rookie. I think he's got more of an upside than Frank. So, he's just has to get take the time to develop all those yeah. skills. I think he has more skill than Frank does. And he's just going to have to get out there and figure it out. And Which is what I like about what Fistel is doing. It's just throwing these guys in. That's what he said he was going to do. And you got to realize, whoa, this isn't college anymore. Where I'm a boy amongst men, and I got to figure yeah. it out. And, and the other point I want to make too with Frank is, you know, getting rid of him or calling him a bust. He was a ninth pick, and yeah, should we maybe looking back, everyone like Dennis Smith Jr. or Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, okay, like that might have been a better pick, but. Frank's role on this team, again, when we don't have the team completely constructed, we don't know what his role could be. Maybe he is just a guy who is that defensive specialist who comes out and he's our defensive guy. And once we have KP back or does he come off the bench and or we bring him in? There's a guy. I want, I, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you that Frank is starting to remind me a little bit of. Amon Shumpert. Hmm. Where... 
Now, Frank was a higher pick, but we have this guy who's like not really that good on offense. He's a bigger body where we're trying to make him kind of a point guard in a way or trying to fit him into that ball handling role sometimes. And he's a defensive, more of that defensive kind of guy. I, I think I think Shepard had a little bit more athleticism, um, yeah, especially I mean, before his, his knee injury. Defender for, and his body was definitely more developed for the NBA. But yeah. I, I, I see that comparison. And, I, yeah. and if there's one lesson that I think we should learn from that as Nick fans is let Frank's role kind of define itself. Let's see what kind of player he becomes and see if then what that role, if it fits within the Knicks. Because right now, if let's say you let Frank go tomorrow, then I look at this Knicks team and defensively, I feel like there are going to be times where you're watching games and you're kind of like, I wish we had Frank because I'd want him to be in to stop guy X from draining threes all night. Like, I, 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 we're missing that guy now, where Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway, the one and two, can basically guard nobody. Uh, and, I, you know, I haven't been impressed too much with Moutier's defense. I think, you know, that's a whole other topic of just team defenses. But let's see what his role is. I mean, again, he's only 20 years old. You know, I don't know if he's going to be the next coming of... Kawhi Leonard or something. It doesn't look like that at the moment. Uh, but right now, the Knicks, we don't have a full team. Again, it, this feels more like a tryout than anything else. So the tryouts, I think, are still going on. Uh, it's let's... funny that, like, Vistel says, like, where we differ from teams like Phoenix or, you know, Orlando or any of those lower-level teams is we have KB on deck. On deck. Like yep. Our best player is not out there. So we have just like that ace in the hole that's waiting. So everyone's kind of figuring themselves out. And then when you bring him back, it automatically It, it makes elevates them a everyone team. game. It, right. And and then you want to see how they react because that's going to help a guy like Frank so much uh, to have to be able to play with a guy like KP. It takes so much pressure off you and what you need to do. He just has to worry about playing defense. Uh, Knox also, like. I, we want him attacking, but the shot's not dropping, and he can't. He looks kind of goofy. Out. I mean, he almost looks like a goofy teenager out there. It's just, <laughs> it's, I think everyone just take a step back. We'll breathe. We'll just see what happens. Uh, I'm curious to see if any trades go down. You know, let's, uh, let's see. Let's wait and see. Before we get into our next uh, little holiday segment, as we're in the holiday season, I, uh, I just wanted to just give a shout out again to Emmanuel Moutier. I wanted to see if you had anything to, to, to say. We've kind of talked about him a little bit, but I mean, I'm it, very surprised, pleasantly it, surprised of what I was seeing from him because I mean, last year, that trade everyone was like, what are they thinking? Like, what? Yeah. Like, why would you make that trade? And he was horrible last year. God awful. And one of the first things when Fisdale got introduced, Moutier was sitting there in the front row and he's like, you, I'm going to get you right, and we're going to get you playing well, and he has. And you know, I think it was just a matter of him getting in shape. He was overweight last year. He looks – I was watching some of those games, and just the way he can get to the basket is he's he's quick. I was yeah. surprised. Like he, I that think he's t- probably the best attacker of the, of the rim we have right now because he's pretty fast in the open floor that he can are, get to the basket. Um, are you comfortable – are you already at a point where you're comfortable saying – this guy can be our starting point guard moving forward into the no. future. He's not. A, he's definitely not our start. He's not the future really? starting point guard. I don't think so. No. Uh, he's he's got plenty of holes left in his game, but he's he's showing that improvement that I think everybody was hoping he would show. Like the pick they thought he would be. I remember draft night. I before that draft, I wanted him. Over KP. Yeah, like, we had talked about that. Yep, I I, we didn't know anything about KP, so right. I was like, eh, it was this dude from Latvia. But I was like, Moody, in all the workouts and all the highlights I saw of him, I was like, oh, this guy, I, I would like that pick. And when I I threw a chair when they didn't, when they picked KP, I was just I, like every other Nick fan, I was like, what just happened? But yeah, to have somebody else from that draft, he's still a young guy. He's only, he's in his early 20s. Like he's not, uh, I w- I wouldn't say he's he's in the bust conversation anymore. 
you know, I think he just needed that right leadership, that right guidance to so get you, him in the in a position to play well. So you, he, so you think he's he over the hump though? Like, there's no. I get the feeling that there's no turning back with him. He is like he's establishing now the player that he's going to be. We don't know how much he's going to grow, but I think the player that we saw last year is gone. And especially under Fisdale. And you still see some flashes here and there of the player he kind of used to be. He can be a little sloppy with the basketball at times. And I think he does need to be a little more aggressive. Because you say that that aggressiveness of his is really a, a strong suit of his game. Like when he when he raised up and dunked that ball, uh, oh, Memphis, like, whoa. Jumped, out of my, jumped off the couch. Oh, my God. That was – I was like, what? Like, he, he could do that? Okay. Like, and even movie, like yeah. – well, Ooh. I saw it. I, and I saw it coming when – I, I, I saw that play happening before it did because you watched how Trier was following his man and he, he cheated off there. And I was like, he's got to get this steal. And boom, went right into his hands because they did it the play before, ran a similar thing and he went under. This time he went over, yeah. caught it, Moutier sprinting. And I was like, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And <laughs> oh my God, what? Jump back. My first jump back moment of the season. Yeah. Pretty important. Garrett Temple looking stolen by Burke. Burke ahead to Moutier. Moutier throws it down. Oh, what a steal from Burke and the finish from Moutier. Uh, so, yeah, I, we're both uh, feeling Moutier right now. And I think while we're talking about this, I just want to – there's a big caveat with all this. The Knicks right now we're, are a pretty bad team, and these guys are going to be moving in the future. So when you look at the NBA, there are much bigger, better players. I mean – you were texting me like Kevin Durant uh, the other night against Toronto. They didn't win the game, but like how good of a play, like real. Yeah, it, it shows <laughs> you the Knicks haven't had a player like that since Ewing, and and even then, compared to like today's players in the NBA, I don't I don't know if we've been alive to really see a player of that caliber of what they can do in on in a Knicks uniform. I, I just I mean, don't think. Can you imagine there. that Golden State? Toronto final series, like oh, seven maybe. games. Would love that. that. Um, so, so that gets us into our next segment. Let's talk our holiday wish list. It's it's the holiday season. Little shout out to anyone listening. Get out there and start getting gifts. I, I've kind of started. I got some ideas, uh, but you got to start now because it is today, December first, and those. You know, Hanukkah is just around the corner, and uh, so you better get going right now. But you know, Christmas only a, a few weeks away, so I know everyone waited. No one, no one's buying gifts uh, yet. So thank God for Amazon.com. But this year, you know, our NBA wish list, and I'd like to start with the Knicks. Of our, we'll get a little ahead, but. A little Knicks, Knicks wish list for, for next year. The big free agency. A lot of people think the Knicks got to sign somebody big. So there are some big time free agents. We don't know who's going to come. You, you've you mentioned a few times of someone you think has a, a good chance of coming. I kind of disagree. And Kevin Durant. But if you could have one free agent for next year to come join the Knicks squad, who would it be? Only one? Yeah. Uh, Maybe you got a couple. I mean, if you I, mean, have... I think I've made it. I've made it known the last couple weeks that I'd love to get KD. I think if he's and he willing is the to top come, free agent. Yeah, I don't I mean... know. I don't know that anyone would say no to to him being on your team. Whether or not it actually happens, who knows? But I, uh... yeah, he's probably at the top of my list, and then. I mean, Kawhi is another one. That was going to be my... I I would actually prefer Kawhi over KD. Mostly because of just the mental aspect of it. And seeing... We talked a little bit last episode. And KD's kind of... I think mentally... Not from a basket... On the court, he's mentally strong. And he, he's your guy at the end of the game. But like... I just, (laughs) he's just, there's something about him. I I, I don't, I don't care for it. And Kawhi now with the new New Balance deal, you know, (laughs) he just, he seems. a a wholesome guy you can hang your hat on. (laughs) Right. He's, I just feel like he would be a guy who would come in and like, you know, he's kind of soft-spoken, soft-spoken leader and just a guy who's going to get along with people in the locker room. I, I already think he's loving Toronto and I, I kind of saw this coming when I heard he was going to Toronto. I'm like, he's going to, he's going to stay there. 
And and part of that was watching that Carter documentary about Vince, where he got to Toronto, didn't know much, and just fell in love with the city and the fans. And you know, when you're first place in the East as well, uh, I think Kawhi's getting a little bit of a little taste of that Eastern Conference, and and he's liking it quite a bit, a little yeah, easier mean, than that was. That's, so. that's that's the tough thing is all these top guys. It's like, well, who also do you think has the best shot at leaving? Yeah, because you know. Kevin Durant's probably the one who has everyone's like, oh well, his there's no way, or his chances of leaving are higher because they don't really need him. Yeah, or, I mean they do, but they could still win without. They won without him before. They could probably win without him. And They're, Jimmy Butler staying in Philly. Yeah, I feel like he'll probably be pretty comfortable there. But you, you know, know he's, he's a I'm not the Jimmy Butler thing. I'm curious because I still have. A feeling that the Sixers season is not going to end well in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get past Milwaukee. I don't think they're going to get past Toronto. And if Boston, I, I, I'm still going with Boston over them too. So I don't, I don't see them making these two conference finals. And it's going to be up to Jimmy to decide. You know, they gave up a lot of pieces uh, for just to have him, Simmons, and Embiid. And you know, they're, they've been winning a lot of games. But I, I don't know. We're going to see how that ends and see what he wants to do. Uh, I don't think the Knicks should go after a guy like Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson is a fantastic player, but that seems like a move that the Knicks would have made in the past is to, you know, blow their entire max money that they have for a guy like Clay Thompson, who is a terrific shooter and a great player. But I think you need that superstar quality player. So I'd be more willing to take a chance even on a guy like Kemba Walker than a guy like Clay Thompson because. Kemba's a guy who can have the ball in his hands and create something himself where Clay is kind of a, you know, he dropped those like 60 points where he had like 19 dribbles or something. You know, no, no, I need a guy like Kemba who's going to walk the ball up the court and, and win you a game, uh, you know, in that last second where it's just a different, a different style uh, player. Um, and it could also play defense as well. Uh, you met, you mentioned a guy that everyone's always talked about Kemba coming to the Knicks. Yeah, uh, it's like every other year they they bring it up as like oh it's an extra trade for Kemba and this and that. New York kid played at UConn, you know they they and they always try to say like oh well he's from here he should want to come back. Kyrie he's from New Jersey he should want to play in New York, but they they never seem to want to do it. So it's uh but I I at this point I'd love to have him. I don't know that he's a max max guy to get like if we could get a number one like a like a KD. And then also get a Kemba, and you make some trades or you do whatever to 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 make it oh, all work out. Yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how much. I don't know how much right. money we'd well, have to to do that. But and, and that's the thing too, where you know I feel like the at some point with all these young guys, when the Knicks start forming their team, they can package a lot of these young guys together and maybe you know go after a, a Kemba Walker or get another big time player, but. Uh, yeah, and I think I, I'm glad that we're kind of on the you know we're, we're kind of on the same page. What do what do you think about Kyrie Irving? Uh, is that I someone mean, you would want to? What's going on in Boston right now? I'm kind of like he's very injury prone. Yeah, I, I would his, take Kyrie Irving. It's, it's kind yeah, of hard to like say I would no. Not, I would say no if Kyrie <laughs> wanted to come to the Knicks. I wouldn't be angry, but I feel like he's another one that's like he's set where he is. Is, but it all comes down to do the Celtics want to keep him? Yeah, because he could say he wants to stay there all he wants, but they don't necessarily yeah. have to pay him all that money. I think when players say they want to stay somewhere, uh, it's all nonsense. It's just you know, they they have to say it in that time. And maybe when they say it at that time, they believe it. But you have to wait to see how someone's season ends before you know what they're gonna do. Um, it's just a lot of these players, they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about the next game they're going to play. They're not – Kyrie's not sitting at home thinking, hmm, where am I going to play next year? Like that, it, it's too early in this season. He's he's trying to figure out how to make Boston better because he probably wants to win a ring this year. So uh, speaking of that, you know, all these other players too. So talk about what we want to see the Knicks do. Is there any trade in the NBA you would like to see? Add to the little wish list uh, we got going on of – just a big blockbuster trade that maybe you'd want to see or that you think should happen that would be good for the NBA. Uh, I do I do have a few myself. 
I got quite a few. I, I'd like to see some shakeups around the well, league. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> you know what, Marcus? I, I think I will. I, uh, I I feel like every episode I find a, somehow to talk about LeBron, and it. it I'm sorry. Yeah. The LA Lakers should make a trade. And I've said that last episode if they want to have a chance of actually winning a championship this year, which which I, I still think they do with LeBron. I, I, I don't I, think they're expected. The storyline, everyone counting him out. He's already, he's with a new team already. They're six in the West and they're only a few games out of first place. I mean, I'm telling you, here we go. Lonzo's starting to step it up. Ingram's back and they're starting to move. I've been hearing uh, Stephen A. Smith yelling about how the Lakers have to go after Bradley Beal. I was like, the Lakers do not have to go after Bradley Beal. But I do think the Lakers do need to make a move. And I'm going to go back to a guy we just talked about who I think would be a perfect fit, Kemba Walker. The Lakers have pieces and young guys that they can trade. I wouldn't want to give up Lonzo or Ingram to be honest, but you might have I, – I don't think they should get rid of Lonzo at all. Ingram I would probably give up before Lonzo. Uh, but they do have young pieces. They can give up draft picks, and they have a guy in LeBron. They don't want to waste this guy's talent. And LeBron's success has always been when he's been with another guy who could make his own shot and score the ball, and he doesn't have to worry about that guy, whether it was Wade or whether it was Kyrie. Just two amazing offensive players. Bradley Beal is more, more of a, a spot-up, you know, three-point shooter, which is always good to surround LeBron. I've said that's always good to do. LeBron feeds off of guys who can spot up and shoot the three. But a guy like Kemba, I think, would be perfect to pair up with LeBron. And that duo with everyone else on the team, even a vet like Tyson, Lance Stevenson, I, I just, I really think that is a guy who they can make a trade work with Charlotte because... I actually think Kemba is going to leave Charlotte next year. He's been there so long, and where, where are they going right now? They're, I mean, they're eleven and eleven. It's just MJ. I love you, but you just haven't been able to put it together in Charlotte in a weak Eastern Conference. And Kemba's time's running out. So, man, go play with LeBron. That's that doesn't sound too bad in La La Land. It just it seems like a just perfect, perfect fit. And I think it would take LA to a new level where then. You know, if and when Steph Curry comes back, you will have uh, a team that can challenge the uh, the Golden State Warriors. So that that would well, be that would be a trade I like to see because for me it would make the the NBA that much more interesting and just add to those storylines. Uh, and I, I think it would be great. Well, if you bring in a Kemba to LA, what does that do for Lonzo? If you don't want to give him up, I think you'd have to. Lonzo. But if you don't, if you I think Lonzo is – I thought he was an amazing player in college, and I thought he actually had a pretty good year last year. I think uh, a lot of his – the focus was on his crazy his crazy father and uh, and the big baller brand and everything else. But if you watch that kid play, he can play defense. He plays his, – his court vision. Today's NBA, it's about putting five guys who can play basketball on the floor. So if I got Kemba playing one – Lonzo two, LeBron plays three, four, and five. I don't even care. I don't even know who else is on the court with those guys. That is three guys with high basketball IQs uh, who can play both ends of the floor, and I I love that. I just I love it. So I, of all those guys, I would love to keep Lonzo probably more than anyone else on that team. So Kuzma maybe I, I think you can dish out if you want to keep Ingram. Um, again, I heard Stephen A talking about for Bradley Beal, you give up. Lonzo Ingram and a pick to get Bradley Beal. You do what you can to get like, like are you nuts? I'm no. I'm a little worried about that guy, uh, Stephen A. These days, uh, he just he's saying, just says some outrageous, outrageous <laughs> things. Um, but it's also interesting with those with those trades is with a Beal or with John Wall, their contracts are ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's so that's what like John Wall's essentially untradeable because. You'd have to give up so much to get him, and Washington would have to pay a tax on his contract. It's like a fifteen percent yeah. kicker on there that they'd have to pay if they get rid of him. And it's like, I don't know why some teams make those deals. Like Melo had the same thing in his, and the amount you'd have to give up to get one of them, I don't know at this point in their careers that either of them are worth worth that much. Yeah, 
But I could, I mean, I could see a team like uh, Miami or Houston hmm. who is willing to just give away anything to get anybody. I feel like it's weird. Everyone always mentions Miami as a as a first trade destination because you know you're not going to act out against Pat Riley and you're not going to act out against Eric Spolstra. But I don't like. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know why everyone always wants people to look at Miami first. Houston, I think they they need somebody, and I could see Beal going to a Houston type of team because Chris Paul you can't like he's really the catalyst of that team. Yeah, when he's out there, their record is so much better than when he's not. He's the best and, player on that team, and I, James Harden gets that, that, stretched way too thin. I agree. So if he could either can either they he's do it though? Play the point, Houston... or he's got to play the two. Can Houston even do they have the pieces to to make a trade? I mean, they're willing to give up four first round picks for Jimmy Butler, so I think they they could if they yeah. want to package all that and then like throw in one or two guys to get them. Then sure, they could do it. But yeah, Houston uh, is uh, they're Houston's ten and eleven card, right now. They're they're I mean they're looking in at the playoffs. It's gonna be the the West is gonna be pretty interesting. Do you, okay, um, I actually have a question. I'll throw this out there. Sure. Do yeah. you think? What do you, what do you got speak, for me? Speaking of LA, do you think the Clippers are for real? Because they are now the number one seed in the West. Do I think the Clippers are for real? To be honest, I have not watched enough of them, um, so I guess that would lean towards no. I I do not think that they are for real. It's because um, I don't I, watch a lot of their games, but. I might have to start checking them out. Uh, Seeing them, the way they played last year, it's actually not that big of a surprise to me. Because seeing how they ended last year, once they got rid of DeAndre, Chris Paul, uh, Blake Griffin, all gone. And now Doc has just like a team of guys that he can work with. No egos. You have a guy who relishes coming off the bench and being the sixth man. And he doesn't care that he's not starting because he finishes games. Lou Williams. Yeah. And I, Boban, I don't even know where that dude came from, but he's huge and just stands under the basket. Gortat went there, and they got uh, Gallo. They have just like an interesting mesh of guys. Yeah. And Doc, I, people forget, Doc is a great coach. And you let him just kind of let him run the team, not have Chris Paul run the team. It's his squad now, and they all respect him. They listen to him, and they played great down the stretch last year. And this year, yeah, top seed in the West. Like I, It doesn't I, surprise me, but it kind of does, but not really. I think taking a look at the, the Clippers' schedule, and I think the Clippers are a case of they have a good team, and they play good basketball. They're set up to have a good regular season team. I think they've been – the product of the West this year taking some time to figure it out. There's been a lot of change-ups in the West between the Lakers and OKC didn't have Russell Westbrook at first. Um, you know, even the Nuggets have come on. Sacramento has been a little bit better. Houston has struggled in the beginning. Uh, the Timberwolves, everything with the Jimmy Butler drama. Uh, San Antonio shook up. Now they have DeRozan on the team. So, I think to start the season, L.A. has taken advantage of this and has jumped out in front. But I think as their schedule and they start having to face these West teams again, now that they are starting to figure themselves out, even I mean, you look at a team like Dallas starting to win some games. So those games that they were winning earlier in the season are going to be a little bit tougher as these teams get more comfortable with each other um, throughout the NBA. I mean, the NBA in general, even on the East side, has, has had quite a shakeup overall with players moving around. So... The lake. I don't see the Clippers sitting at the the top of the West when the season's over. Well, I do. I think they're a playoff team, sure. But I think you'll see Golden State will regain first. Then you're gonna see OK. I, right now, it looks like a Golden State one OKC uh, is gonna be two. I really, really like OKC. OKC, um, I think. Um, man, I like them people, last people year, but forget they, about Russ, man. Like when he's... yeah. They needed a year to get it together. When these teams like form, a lot of times they need a year to kind of figure it out. Uh, I could have told you that Melo wasn't going to be good um, last year. All right, so 
Where are we here? We, oh man, NBA, there's just so, this is a big, big news week in the NBA and there's so much, there's so much going on. Uh, I think, let's, can we take like a little bit of a, I need a, an NBA break. I'm a little, a little heavy. We'll, we'll talk some more uh, next week a for out. sure. Um, we actually might be taking a break next week. I don't know when our next episode is actually going to be because I'm, I will be in New York. We'll be at the Nick game. Uh, we'll definitely report on that, see how it is. Maybe, uh. Well, uh, maybe we can sneak on the court. Hey, we're, we're with the word of the press. <laughs> Let us on the court. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, we're talking about the wish list and trades you want to see. It was a big trade talk day. But just with the holiday season, um, I'm kind of curious, you know, now with the gifts and stuff, people keep asking me what what do I want and things like that. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious what maybe things you're looking for this holiday season. Uh, we started telling, you know, family members what kind of gifts you want. And uh, and also what what's the best gift you've ever received it's always an interesting question i like to find people like that that you know sometimes it's like people say it's just like oh someone wrote me a card and that was that was the <laughs> I, best hey, I love a good ever reading card yeah i love a good card i keep um, them i still have birthday cards from like years and years i just tell my mom yeah Give me, make sure there's a card attached <laughs> i'm gonna keep it i love i love them um because because too my my family is funny gifts in my family is what do you want what do you mean, what do I want? They, they asked me six months in, in advance. What do, you, what do you want? What do you want for your birthday? I'm like, ma, it's, it's August. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> come on. I don't, I don't know. I, so it ends up being like, I get to pick out my own gift. Uh, so, you know, the best gifts I've ever gotten, just, it, it's so hard to say because I don't, you know, I don't really. Because, yeah, I uh, like, so I, I love to give a good gift. Yeah. I like to, I like to think that I, know people well enough that I would give them something they would actually enjoy. And I, yeah, so I've given a few good ones. I pay attention. So like, I know a little thing like, things so about gift giving. Okay. That they'll, that they'll, 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 they'll love a good gift. Uh, in terms of what, I mean, what I want, I generally don't ask for things like, cause I like, I don't know if I ever want something, I usually go and get it myself, but <laughs> I'm the same way. So that's why I always leave it open for, for like, if my mom asks me, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, what do you think I would want? So, and she's gotten to that point where it's like, she doesn't know. And she's got to ask around. Like I might drop hints to, to one of my brothers or something. Like, so so she's, see. she's like, has he said anything? So yeah, this year, I don't know. You know what I did see? That I kind of like. You didn't even answer the question. I'm about to answer it. That I I I liked was. uh, I choose not to run. (laughs) These uh, this leather backpack that I saw at Shinola, and granted they are several hundred dollars, but so I'm not even expecting it. But they're they're I don't know they're nice. I feel like I'm I'm I gotta up my game. I've been wearing the Jansport for the last like twelve years. I think I could do a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's something on the wish list. I don't know if, if it's one of Ellen's favorite or Ellen's You're twelve bad. days of giveaways. I She's love giving that. those away. I'll take it. Yeah, but it's funny. Let's see. Yeah, I'm the same way with best I've ever gotten. I mean, uh, I have to say, last year, uh, my girlfriend got me uh, a couple Knicks hats, and uh, I was like, "This is maybe that's the all, nicest thing anyone's ever you done need, for me." You know? I was like, um, "That's all I need." It's just, and that's the thing. A couple Knicks hats go a long way because it's the thought. It doesn't matter how big or small the thing is. It's it's getting you something you didn't even ask for. It's like, oh wow, like that. You knew I would love that. That is that's a pretty um, awesome thing. You know, like a worse gift when I had an ex way back when when we watched Mad Men, which actually turned out to be one of my favorite shows. But the first season for me was brutal. I couldn't and I as someone who works in advertising, when I want to come home and chill out, like watching a show on advertising that I didn't even <laughs> like, drove me nuts. Birthday comes along. Season two, Mad Men on DVD. I was ready to start breaking windows. Like, what? <laughs> this, especially in this moment, this is the last thing that I would want. Um, but maybe women know better because I ended up loving the show and it's one of my favorite shows <laughs> I've ever watched. But still, it's, you know, the okay, gift-giving so season is tough. I got, okay, so there's two gifts that I've gotten that I hold in very high regard and love them. 
So one, I had mentioned it probably two years prior and didn't even really think about it until until I saw it. And Christmas morning, I come down, I see this box sitting there and open it up. And it is this red book. The oh, Michael Jackson Opus. The red book. I know that red book. <laughs> that it is probably, I, I don't even, it's like weighs 20 pounds, leather bound, just massive photo book of MJ himself. And my mom had gotten it for me. And I and I thought, and there's, this is limited edition. Like they don't even make them yeah. anymore. It's a collector's item. And I got this and I opened it up and I was just like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I was <laughs> like, whoa, she actually, I'm like surprised she remembered it. And my brother was telling me, he was like, he had to carry this thing home. He didn't know what it was. He had to go to her <laughs> office and pick it up. It's this 20, 25 pound brick he's carrying around, moving it from room to room. So I wouldn't find it. Um, yeah, so I got that and it's still, I hold that thing. That is a centerpiece for me like very few people have even looked at it because i won't let them open it up and look at it i've seen i've i've seen here bits and pieces it's been a while yeah it's uh, kind of comes with the white glove on the inside yeah. so you're not getting those destructive oils on the paper like stuff something like that loved it that's a pretty that's a pretty epic uh epic gift it's the thought like something like that like you can't yeah it's oh, man the gift giving season it's it's always nice give a gift get a gift uh you know, and, uh, and I'm going to throw another, I'm just, I just want to put it out there because I tell people <laughs> this all the time that this is one of my favorites and it showed, it showed thinking. So for Christmas, I, I, I didn't say anything that I wanted anything, didn't hint at anything. And she's like, okay, come by and come and pick it up. And it's three picture frames with one of them has the vinyl for off the wall one has thriller and one has bad and i was like oh like wow this is i loved i was like this is amazing and clearly y'all know big mj fan yeah i was gonna so, <laughs> i think the trick of getting hey anyone if you want to get marcus a good gift just get him something mj related that's it seems like that's I'm gonna, gonna do the i'm trick. gonna love it so that's <laughs> it's very simple i'm an easy guy to please but oh, yeah God, i still have true. those i put them up people are like oh that's cool that's kind of weird that you have those but when i saw them i was like this is this took some thought and some planning that she was able to find them and got them framed up and still got this. Like, of course they would break up with her, but Hey, I'm still going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You definitely keep great it. Great gift. Uh, I still got Mad Men uh, season two, I think uh, somewhere, somewhere downstairs. In the I still never watched it. You know, I've watched uh, season Mad one. Men? Oh man, you need to. Speaking of great shows, great movies. It's the holiday season. I just saw uh, A Star is Born uh, last night. What'd you think? I thought it was okay. It, like, people got a little too hyped about And I think I've been watching too many uh, movies about uh, artists and their life. And this wasn't that. But, you know, I just watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And then I watched Walk the Line. And then I'm watching A Star is Born. So I think that was part of it. It was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I would recommend seeing it. It was very good. But... The hype was a little... I didn't cry. I, I heard all these people saying, you're going to cry at the end. I'm like, it's kind of obvious what was going to happen. But I it was good. It, but I've, yeah, heard, it I've was, heard mixed things. So. It was good. I, I honestly, I had a more fun time seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. That To me, that was more... I, had, I just had a, a fun... I love a fun movie experience. So it was good. I recommend it. Lady Gaga was great. Bradley Cooper was great. Uh, Big Gaga fan. Yeah. she Oh, she was, she was great. She was the best in it. Uh, but yeah, seeing all these previews for the holiday season blockbusters and like, I want to see everything that's coming out. There's so many, uh, good movies, but just got me to thinking we're starting these wish lists, and got me thinking there's always like, I see all these movies and they all look great, but there's always like a movie I want to see that doesn't come out. I'm thinking, huh, if I'm getting this wish list going, what would be the ultimate holiday season blockbuster that I've just been waiting to come out. And Christmas time is always when the best movies comes out. I mean, summer blockbusters are big. I feel like you get more of your Marvel movies then, but the, the holiday blockbusters are usually like the go-tos. Like they're, it's also Oscar season. That's when all the, all the Oscar movies come out in December. Yeah. So poses the question before we wrap up the show. We get, we get a lot, a lot of stuff this episode. This, this has been big, but if there could be 
the ultimate Marcus Chinqui holiday season blockbuster that you want to see. Christmas Day, we're going to the movies. What do you want to see? Executive producer, <laughs> Marcus Chinqui. I don't have a so I don't have a title or a plot line yet. Well, kind of. I would love to see Harry and Marv get revenge on Kevin McCallister. Wow. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. And let's go. Remember, if this makes the papers, we're no longer the wet bandits. We're the sticky bandits. Oh, sticky. Ah! Shut up. That's sticky. That's S. Shut it. T. Uh, I. I. The sticky bandits. Same, are you saying like same same cast? Oh yeah. Same, oh, yeah. Got bring to. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get their revenge. Like, so you think like a dark? Oh, oh yeah. This like, one's got to be dark. pretty heavy. That yeah. the, the, the <laughs> Sticky Bandits have been locked away for years. They make a comeback. <laughs> Kevin's dealing with his own emotional problems from his family hating his guts. That's really good. I can see that being like a kind of dark but also comedy kind of like... I like a little you know, dark humor. Like PG-13 almost. Uh, or even rated R. Could, I might go could, rated R. Yeah, I, I, need, I need R. Pesci to be able to just unload on him. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin and like he's an adult now. That's kind of funny. I like that. Yeah. I, like so I would. I think I would love to see that. But you got a title. The bad, guy, the bad guys come out on top. That's how I'd like to see it end. Do you? Is, uh, do you have a title? Uh, let's get sticky with it. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. I like that. Um, oh wow, that's a, that's a great. Uh, that's great. I love that. It just came um, to me this morning. I was like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's really fun to to see that. That's like you see. Yours too. Your 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 movie is right in that holiday uh, wheelhouse right there, where mine is is nothing to do with the holidays, but it's a big blockbuster movie uh, idea that I, I've had for years, and I'm a big Jurassic Park fan. I was gonna say okay, people, you knew I was gonna go off. Yeah, <laughs> love dinosaurs ever since I was a kid. That first Jurassic Park movie. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I actually thought uh, JP two. So I get, you know, codename. Uh, and JP3 was not bad. Kirby Enterprises, not that bad of a movie. I had fun watching it. It's all about the fun. These Jurassic Worlds are really... The first one was tough. Uh, I saw it in IMAX. That helped. The second one... It's just... It's like they're... It's like they only care about the IMAX scenes, and that's all the movie. The plot just doesn't matter. Like, Chris Pratt... You're, you're a pretty cool dude. I like you, but I just feel like they're not trying. And I, so my holiday blockbuster movie, I want a new Jurassic Park, Dark Knight, Dark Knight style, Christopher Nolan directed, like a remake of the first one, but a different take where you get that kind of like, make it kind of a dark movie. Like think Batman Begins Dark Knight meets Jurassic Park and it's cool and it's, like, we're, they're actual dinosaurs and people fighting for their lives and not idiots. Some guy eating a sandwich and, oh, I left the dinosaur open. Uh, the, 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 his cage. Let's open it up and see where the dinosaur... Like, what, are you stupid? Uh, <laughs> they, they just make all these horrible decisions uh, in each of the movies and it makes no sense. They go to this... Uh, I don't... Spoiler alert for the, the last one, but, oh my god, just... The dinosaurs trapped in the chamber and they're trying to get... It's just, what is what is going on, people? It just... I was laughing through half of it. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't good. It was really bad. And Rotten Tomatoes, shame on you for giving it such a high score. We gotta get back to basics here. Uh, for the franchise. Let's let's get creative. Let's get, get in the boardroom. Let's write a script. Let's, let's make it good. Let's bring Jurassic Park... And then we know so much more about dinosaurs. I'd like to maybe mix up the dinosaurs a little bit, you know, make it a little more historically accurate. You know, uh, I'm hearing reports that dinosaurs had feathers and uh, the noises they make is different. So let's let's get accurate. You know, uh, I had a funny idea the other day. I was, I was like, it would be weird if you if you like caught up with Tim and Lex as they're adults. And oh, there you all go. The, all the trauma that. <laughs> is going on with them like Tim's afraid of trees and stuff and can't go outside <laughs> I like these movies where they are now kind it's of kind of funny I don't know um, Lex I... starts screaming every time she sees shadows of dogs and stuff walking by yeah I, don't know. I gotta say as, mu as much as I want 
yeah. <laughs> as much as I want to see this, uh, you know, Jurassic Park reboot, uh, I this Harry and Marv uh, reboot. <laughs> Man, I I like it. I My like that a script. Lot. Just send it to, yeah, to Stern like and be lot. like, "Hey, what are you um, doing?" Well, all right. That's that's pretty much gonna wrap up. Uh, Let's talk Knicks today. Uh, the Knicks have a game tonight. Uh, I don't. They got Milwaukee. They play the Bucks tonight. Yeah, I got a Oof. wager on this game again. I don't okay. know why I keep doing this with uh, with uh, Miss Cassie who's in Chicago. Big Buck fan. Okay. And she, she was like, oh, well, let's put a wager on this one for like another t-shirt or something. I'm going to lose, but ugh. yeah, I got a good shirt picked out in case I win, but I, I don't know. Not, I not have, helpful. I have a feeling the, uh, the Knicks are gonna, are gonna keep this one a game tonight. I just, they gotta, they got some rest. I, I don't know. The Knicks, there's something, I just got I got a good feeling. So and we'll we're see. at home and too, at, so maybe. Yeah. And they're at home. So that home crowd, always a difference maker. So we'll see. Um, again, get out there and go get those gifts. Start thinking. Get creative. A, a good gift goes a long way. And uh, I'm sure the next time we do this, maybe we'll have the gift of a new player on a team. Could a trade go down? Are we, we going to see Frank in a new uniform? I don't know. We'll, we'll stay up on it, and uh, we'll be ready to talk about it next week. I'll be in Jamaica. Max oh, and yeah. relaxing. Yeah, so, enjoy. Have a. I'll, I'll see you when you get back in at the Bobcats game and uh, the Bobcats game. Oh God, <laughs> the Hornets game. What year am I in? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's been real, man. It's been real. Let's. Uh, Always a pleasure. Let's uh, let's do this again on uh, Let's Talk Next.